Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville podcast. Founded in 2007, UUFM is a gathering place for people who embrace a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are located in the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley wine country. Please visit us on the web at macuuf.org, M-A-C-U-U-F dot org. And if you are ever in or near the McMinnville area, don't hesitate to stop by and visit us. UUFM gathers in love and service for justice and peace. It's my pleasure now to introduce Imam Abdullah Polarina. There is an extended uh, description of his biography on your order of service, but for people listening to the podcast, uh, we want to say that he was born in Sarajevo. There he trained and practiced before he moved to Seattle, where he worked as an imam for 12 years. In Seattle, he completed a master's degree in transformational leadership. At present, he is imam of the Bosniak Congregation and Organization in Portland. I asked him how I should address him if it were informal, and he said, I, I said the choices, uh, Imam, Imam Abdullah, Imam Abdullah Polvin, and he said, any of them. <laughs> so uh, it is a pleasure to have him here this morning. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين May the exalted God be praised for giving us the opportunity to share our lives together May he grant his forgiveness, peace, joy, fraternal love, and solidarity to our souls. And may he give his blessings to and fall to all of us. Uh, my dear and blessed friends, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to greet you with the greeting of Islam and then greetings his greeting of peace. Assalamu alaikum. May be peace with you all here in this beautiful morning, Sunday morning. Uh, before I start, I would like to thank, uh, actually, you know, like how they said, don't give cell phone to teenager, and do not give mic to imam or <laughs> pastor. So let's see what will happen today. So, uh, I really uh, would like to express my uh, heartfelt thanks and I'm really appreciative and grateful for this opportunity and invitation to come today. Uh, as I mentioned in this short dua or supplication, uh, and one song that you actually before it, kind of that sharing 
I think, you know, the, 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 the best gift that we have is actually to share uh, our lives together. Uh, so as, as it is mentioned a little bit in introduction about my uh, talk, it's about kind of journey. So I will shortly mention that journey that I compared with the bird of falcon, you know, that has, you know, fly high and kind of express certain, you know, freedom. And uh, as you can imagine, I'm coming from Bosnia, you know, all the way, you know, five, six thousand miles away from the Oregon State, so you can imagine that, you know, flying from one corner of the world to another. So in that title of In Search of God, so every day, and today also I see that uh, continuous search, and then I am amazed how God kind of uh, lead us in certain places, you know, to meet each other and to share our lives, to share our spirit, and to share who we are. So that journey actually started when I was second grade back in Bosnia. So few of my classmates, they attended to weekend school, you know, to learn about Islamic faith, practices and services. So at one point they invited me, okay, come with us, you know, see there. So it was Sunday, like usually the classes were Saturday and Sundays, maybe a couple days during the school days. So I attended there actually later on, I recognized that was actually my first of those that I saw in my life sacred calls, the part of the, my journey. Because I met there uh, my respectful imam that he actually died during the war. And actually he played a huge role model that who am I today? You know, so that was kind of beginning of my journey. The second journey or sacred a call, a part of that my journey was when I was invited to come to Seattle, Washington in 2000. Actually, I met one person back in Bosnia. His father passed away. I was imam there in the time. So somebody called me, you know, they would like for me to perform the funeral. So I went there and actually I met that person and at the end, you know, I found out that his wife was kind of in some sense, my relative, because we didn't know each other, you know, because my parents got divorced, you know, and my father's side, I didn't know well. So actually, then in, he invited me to come to Seattle. In 2000, I came to Seattle to be with them, you know, first during the holy month of Ramadan, and then after, I stayed. So it was 12 years, the journey in Seattle, that I did my actually a couple bachelors in George Washington University Comparative Religion, one Islamic Studies in Indiana, clever than some other things. And then uh, our friend Fan, he mentioned that Seattle uh, University, the School of Theology and Ministry, so I think that was my third sacred call and the part of my journey. During the, my life and work in Seattle, I, you know, I did so many project interfaith, you know. In one point, you know, I got invitation from that inst educational institution to be part of some interfaith projects, you know. And during the time, I ended up talking with the dean of school theology, Mendery Road, maybe I should do something, some level of education. He recommended me this program of transformational leadership. 
And actually, I was, I didn't know, but I was the first imam who attended that school of theology and ministry, and I did my master, you know. Uh, actually, it was trans, uh, uh, transition, you know, because at the time I started the school, and then I moved to Portland, you know, six years ago. So that was one of those, I think, uh, important sacred calls, as I call them on any people who understand what's going on their journey, those three sacred calls that I recognize, you know, uh, had a huge uh, kind of role in my life. And today, like, uh, I'm standing in front of you to share that kind of, that, in some sense, my personal search for God, and I would like to share that with you. And I mentioned here to, you know, put some on the paper just to follow my, you know, thoughts, and I want to make something that is <laughs> to be no longer, and I hope, you know, and I pray to God that this could be uh, helpful uh, for my continuous journey and also for you, because as we believe in our faith of Islam, Muslims, that everything what happens here in this world uh, will be witness uh, for this life and also hereafter, because we have the strong belief, and I will mention here, you know, that the second life will be uh, based upon what we did here, you know, like planting the seeds, you know. You know, when we plant the seeds in our garden, somewhere, you know, we then harvest, you know, and that will be with our deeds, with our whatever we do here. So I will start with the, with the point, and uh, maybe before that I mentioned that, you know, during the war, my imam, he was killed. And also that part of my life was so eye-opening. And that search for God as young man there, like 18, 19 years old, you know, like you realize actually the God presence every day there, you know, during the war, you know, like how he managed, you know, you, you just, you, you wake up in the morning, I don't know, will, will you end up alive or dead and you know, night? But through those four years, you know, now as I'm standing here, so God had planned. I was in the war, so God had planned that I will be today, Sunday, July 21st, 2019, here with you guys. When I go back and see, you know, in my deep imagination, all the way in my mind, back in Bosnia, 1992, 1995, the war, that I was thinking that one day I will be here in McMinnville. <laughs> I mean, I think whatever we can say, that is the, the best explanation how God plays his part in our lives. So, I think time by time, I don't know, did you have the chance? You know, maybe somebody asked a question, you know, like, or for me, or you can ask, are you a Muslim? You know, like, time by time, we, we have that kind of questions, you know, when we meet, are you Muslims, you know? Uh, and, but you have, have you ever asked the question that Muslim person, the following, you know, why are you a Muslim? You know, like, that is maybe more deep and interesting question, you know, than are you Muslim? Why are you Muslim? 
uh, and maybe in more general question, why Islam? That was something that I was about asking myself, you know, some of my Muslim friends, you know, why Islam? Why, why to be Muslim? And also, this is something, kind of question that we Muslims uh, ask ourselves time by time, especially me as Imam, when I do the sermon, you know, we ask that question in our sermons by doing certain, you know, topics, just to be sure, you know, like, is it enough to say that, you know, I'm Muslim, but why? And maybe for some Muslims it's easy to say, because I'm coming from Muslim family. You know, I, I was born in Muslim family, that's all right, like for you guys, you know, why you would choose that? Because that is the kind of first answer that came, come to your mind. Because I'm coming from that family, that surrounding, that background is. So, but it, is that correct answer? Is this the answer that we really want? Why I'm saying this? So what happened? If we were not born in a Muslim family, are we still be a Muslim or not? So these questions kind of, I, you know, I cannot say struggle, but you know, during my life and you know, with other Muslims and non-Muslims, especially here in America, you know, like, why and, you know, what through that? But at the end, like, standing to nail, I really, and I will explain a bit more, I really can say that I'm proudly can say that I am Muslim and I'm proud of that. Because all this journey that I went through, I found that kind of uh, the purpose of life there. Because I think that is the, the, the main thing and maybe question that we should, maybe is it strong, I don't know, but maybe every morning when we wake up to say, what is purpose of my life? So I'm, I will try as much as I could shortly you know, to, to give my perspective how I went. It's not, it will be some kind of sorry teaching about Islam, but also I went through that searching for us, asking my mom, asking my fellow, you know, friends, students, you know, back in Bosnia and here, you know, in, well, you, you can imagine class about 20, 30 people in, in Seattle school theology, like pastors, you know, different faiths, you know, we had discussions, you know, respectful, you know, sometimes hard discussion, you know, disagreement, but you know, that was so eye-opening. And I had a chance to explain myself as Imam, as Muslims, why we have those certain, you know, sometimes I think in general people, they cannot say they do not understand, but they have no enough kind of, uh, maybe information about us Imams, pastors, you know. Like in any company, when you get the job, you sign something that goes, what, terms and conditions. So we as Imam, I, me as Imam, my term is conditioned in my holy book, Quran. Sometimes people, oh, you Imam, you should. Yeah, maybe I should, but I cannot go against God. Again, what's something that I, like back in your company, you cannot do something against your own company. You sign the terms, and you know, there are some, teaching in different phase that we had discussion that school till that maybe is different, you know, the, the concept of God, you know, something of, I respect, I love you all guys, but I cannot go against myself. So something that we, you know, need to ponder and time by time ask questions. 
So before I proceed, just to shortly, to understand what is Islam about, just to remind you, I'm not I'm saying that maybe you don't know, but I think in this life of technology, something all of we heard about Islam, Muslims, you know. Maybe another perspective, you know, why sometimes we cannot push ourselves, you know, to maybe go beyond some negativity, you know. And to be honest, you know, today I see this as inspiration, that despite all differences, the negativity that we are surrounded by, you know, there are beautiful people with good hearts that would like to challenge that negativity, you know. So we need to do that together, you know. Because, like, the best maybe comparison is that story about Moses and Pharaoh. We have that in our holy book. So in every time, I, it's not just for the, that historical part, you know. The message and story about Moses and Pharaoh is for all times. Because in every time when Pharaoh, you know, come up, it will be Moses to challenge him. So maybe today we need to be not just individually Moses, but as community to challenge negativity. Because Pharaoh symbolizes what? Injustice. Something that is negative in general. And Moses we say Musa symbolizes the positivity that we challenge, you know. And we know at the end of the story what happened, the positivity prevailed in the name of So that is our hope. That we should strive and be encouraged every time to, you know, do something, you know, for this positivity. So the word Islam means voluntary submission, surrender, or obedience to the will of God. It derives from the root word salam, meaning peace. So those who perform those acts of, that I mentioned, call Muslims or Islamers, but shortly we know Muslims like. And we can say Islamers, you know, in some sense, but the general term is Muslims. Those who surrender, but freely, you know, the search, they surrender to the will of God. Islam recognizes that humankind has free choice in whether to obey or disobey God. So in Islam, and God clearly says in the holy book, there is no compulsory, any force, you know, to believe. It's your choice. So God created us, give us all guidance or something, but it's up to us to, cha to choose whether obey or disobey God. But ultimately, we will be held accountable to God in the next life for the choices that we make in this life. It's like in this life. You make choice in your life, family, company, neighborhood, everywhere. But at one point you will be held accountable for your choices. So this is something Islam teaches us. And the end of this life, when we face God, will be uh, God will ask us, why did you choose that? And then, you know, so this is something that we Muslims keep in mind. Next point, so now after knowing what Islam is, uh, we can start to answer the question why Islam, or at the psychological level, we might ask what drives people to to and from religion. And I would like here to share, you know, 
for example, why are some most at, uh, attached to the teaching of Islam or any other religion and some are not? So, in pondering these questions, uh, one might look for the answer in the well-known Aesop's fable about the ant and the grasshopper. So the fable describes a grasshopper as the one who was enjoying himself in a field on summer's day by hopping about, chirping, and singing to its heart's content. And an ant passed by bearing along with great toil an ear of corn he was taking to the nest. Why not come and chat with me, said the grasshopper, instead of toiling and moiling in the way. I am helping to lay up food for the winter, said the ant, and recommend you to do the same. Why bother, and, why bother about winter? said the grasshopper. We have got plenty of food at present. But the ant went on its way and, and continued its toil. When winter came, the grasshopper found itself dying of hunger while it saw the ants distributing every day corn and grain from the stores they had collected in the summer. Then the grasshopper knew it is best to prepare for the days of necessity. So my friends, I think this story has actually explained our lives. I mean, it's okay to have fun, the famous word for especially our youth and maybe some of us older. But point is, you know, don't make it too much because sometimes fun is fun at the end of the life. The, the, the story, like here. So everything there is purposely, you know. Why I'm saying this? Because I think about our human race. The it is story about that. This story is about our human race, about two mentalities. Those who think and then work for the future and those who are preoccupied with their present day only and are not concerned with that, what the future may bring. I'm not judging. I mean, but kind of just reminding ourselves, because maybe some of us here went through this. Okay, let's do a present, I don't want to think about future, but then when future comes, we all think about, oh man, what's going on here? So, from the latter attitude stems disbeliefs, arrogance, and satisfaction with the present pleasures, without concern for what the same pleasures may bring. For example, the one who enjoys gambling is thrilled with the feeling of the present prospect of winning, and it is not concerned with the likely prospect of losing everything in a long term. The one who commits the sin of adultery is satisfied with the present moments of pleasure without any concern about what that sin may bring tomorrow, be that an illegitimate child, divorce, or unhappiness. How somebody say, five minutes of joy can ruin your whole life. (laughs) 
So this is some because you know uh, one thing we are we need to be responsible people. This life is only one life. I believe that we should. I mean, with all that positivity, funniness, joy, everything, you know, we have one life. We need to, you know, understand and let leave leave some legacy behind. Not just for ourselves, but for family, for people, you know. This is our legacy maybe today, this morning, Sunday, that we come every time together and think about ourselves. And now we have a chance to hear Imam. You know, I will leave today. Maybe somebody will say, okay, it was good, some, you know. But point is, this is witness. This will be witness for some time in our life, but also hereafter. So why I'm saying this? So being concerned only with, within the limits of the present may seem rational, and those who prepare for the future may seem irrational. The one who sows in the spring, hoping, hoping to reap in the autumn, may seem irrational to the one who does not understand the process of agriculture. To an onlooker, acts of worship may seem irrational because they may or may not connect with the present. For a disbeliever, it is the waste of time. For a believer, it is the way of preparing for a distant future that will come in a few de decades. So, saying about all of this, so I, I come to the point, for me, why religion in general? My case, Islam, but why religion? The simple answer that came to me in one point of my life is Islam gives me the purpose of life. People everywhere are asking the questions, what is the purpose of life? Why are we here in this world? And where are we going to go after we die? And maybe two parts are now the, the first, and I will you know, explain this. So there are as many, you know, uh, different answers to those questions. As much as questions, there are also answers. But think carefully. Suppose the purpose of life is to become wealthy. This means that there would be no purpose after becoming wealthy. You know, somebody has a person. But what is next? People become wealthy, but then... A child of five years would obviously prefer a new toy to a deposit slip for a million dollars. You know, you give check five millions to the child. What is this man? A teenager does not consider millions of dollars in the bank as substitute for movies, videos, pizza, and hanging out with his friends or her friends. A person in their 80s or 90s would never consider holding on to their wealth in place of spending it to hold on or regain their health. 
This proves that money is not the main purpose at all for the stages of one's life. We need money, we like money. Money is good. But is it purpose of life? Meanwhile, Islam provided me the answer. In the Quran, chapter 51, Al-Dariyat, the winnowing winds, the winds that scatter. Verse 56, God, Allah, defines that the only purpose of, for which he created mankind is to worship him. And he said clearly, I, we, we cre God created the humans and angels and, you know, all to worship me, to obey me. And that is, you know, kind of our purpose of life. So we have the term in, in Arabic, in Quran, ibadah, meaning the worship, the one true almighty God, on terms and under his conditions. You know, sometimes when we accept, you know, when we accept something and follow something, you know, sometimes we would like to, to that, that we follow, accommodate ourselves. In my opinion, that is wrong. We need to accommodate ourselves because we accept that to follow, you know. So this is something that sometimes we need to kind of understand. And also to kind of finish before entering into either of the final lodging place, heaven or hell, there must be a day of judgment or showing of one's true self to make them aware of their own nature and thereby understand what they have sent on ahead during the life here on the earth. Every person will be rewarded or punished according to their attitude, appreciation, and efforts during the stay on earth. And there, as I believe, none will be asked about others' beliefs and practices. Me as Muslim, I will not be asked about other faiths. I will be asked about mine. Why you accept Islam? Why you do this? So each of us should kind of, in, based upon our Islamic teaching, you know, prepare for this. So, so in the teaching of Islam, the line of life and its purpose is logical and clear and simple. So, the first life is a test. The life in the grave is a resting or waiting place before the day of judgment. The day of judgment brings about the clear understanding of what will happen to the individual based on his or her own desires and actions. The permanent or afterlife will either be spent in luxurious splendor or miserable punishment. So following this clear understanding of life, the Muslim's purpose is clear. First of all, he or she has no doubt in his mind that he or she is only created by God. He or she is going to spend a period of time in this material world called al-dunya, this temporary world. He or she knows he or she will die. He or she knows he or she will spend time in the grave, either pleasant or difficult, depending on his or her own choice of attitude and actions. He or she knows he will be resurrected for the day of judgment. 
He or she knows he or she will be judged according to the most fair of standards by God, the Almighty, the All-Knowing. Because sometimes we are required to seek and fight for justice in this world, but sometimes it's, we, we, we do not come to the final stage of justice. So this is our belief. The final state of justice will be in front of the God. And he will just judge us justly. And this is point of believer. And now we conclude with due respect on the other side. And in general with due respect for a disbeliever. The purpose of life is to collect and amass great wealth, money, power and position. Overindulging in eating, drinking, drugs, sex and gambling are a high priority for them, to them. But all of this will not avail them anything good in the grave on the day of judgment or in the next life. Eventually he or she will be faced with the questions. Now what? What is next? Where am I going? What will happen to me? Eventually go who he or she will know. And in summary, when observing this world, of ours, we should, in my opinion, have in mind two kinds of people. Those interested in their present only, whether it be a day, a month, a year, or the whole life. And those who think about future, both the future in this world and the future in hereafter. Those who are concerned about their future will inevitably ask questions such as who am I, where am I going, what is my final destination. There is a great probability that questions like this will lead people to religion and belief in God. Those who are only concerned with their present will be content with today and will not pay attention to what the next day will bring. They do not have any motivation to think about their future or about their life as whole in all its segments. So my friends, this is something that helped me to understand and kind of accept Islam and help Islam helped me to solve this puzzle of life. So if not just me, but in general, we Muslims and Islamic scholars, when we kind of see and think about this purpose of life. So we can kind of summarize in two words, obey God. And I think those two words explain everything. You know. And I think our only purpose and salvation lie in these two words. Because clearly, I, during my life, I really see sometimes when you know that God is there, looking, you just, it's, I don't know how to explain, it's just hard to cross some borders, you know, in your life. You are clearly challenged with something that you know it's bad, you know. And then you just have that you know, flying above your head, obey God. You cannot do this, this or that. 
But sometimes, you know, like things happens, but we clearly need to understand that in this way. So my blessed friend, this is something that I wanted to share. I hope I spent that time that was given to me. So please forgive me. Uh, I prepared something on paper, but actually I wanted to be sh this shared from my heart. You know, I believe in this, you believe in that or that. But point is, in this uh, current uh, part of our life, I think we need all to think about that humanity, that human race in general, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, just to, you know, in my opinion, avoid those differences. Because there are so small number of that. In general, every faith, if we see that, we have disagreement, kind of disagreement. It's about the concept of God. And all other things are, they are the same. Social justice, helping others, you know. So many things. Let's do that. And at the end, I think we will be uh, among those who will really understand uh, this kind of differences in a positive way. You know, like at your home, with your family, sometimes you avoid those talking about something that will bring you, what, nervousness, something that maybe you will yell or something. You try to avoid it in one point because you love those family, you love your sons, daughters, wife, husband, you know. And you avoid, that is something that within our community, we need to avoid some, something because that will bring us uh, something that maybe keep us a little bit away from each other. And Abiko was mentioned earlier, so uh, we need each other. And again, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I hope that uh, you uh, meet a new friend, I meet new friends, and proudly and really respectfully I can say that uh, I don't know when we will see each other, but you have friends. So in some sense I can say that uh, my shoulder are your shoulders. And my chest is your chest. You never know when we will need each other. Not just as this formal thing, you know, Imam talking to, but some friendly coffee, tea, something, you know, somewhere, we don't know. But let, let it, let's encourage ourselves to do this. Because like, maybe during the week, we have all downs and ups. But sometimes this Sunday, beautiful morning, you know, coming here, driving to these beautiful places, you know, give you inspiration, motivation, you know. You forget all those, because we are humans, we have those things happening to us. But this is something that should inspire us and give us motivation. So I would like just to short uh, finish the prayer. O oh God, we choose today to live by the hope that you have instilled within us, not the fears that others manufacture amongst us. And with that we pray to you, the one God of Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, and us all, for one America, one Portland, one Oregon, for one world. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.